Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord some praise. Amen. Come on, we can be louder than that. Let's just give him some praise today. He is worthy. He is the King of Kings. Thank you, John. The Lord of Lords. Amen. Look at someone and ask him, say, why are you here today? Now, you can answer them back if you like. But I pray that your answer is, I'm here for Jesus. Amen. I'm here for the King today. That's the only reason I'm here. I'm not here out of habit. I'm not here out of routine. I came today because I came to worship him. Amen? And if you didn't, that's all right. It's time right now that we can change that and understand that there's an opportunity that is waiting for you, that when you worship the king, all the things, see, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? Then all these things will be added unto you. Everything that it is that you're searching after, everything that it is that you're asking God of, God already knows what you need. Amen? He already knows what you're going through. Seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. We're on the last week of our series called Jesus is King. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Samuel with me. Where's Kara? Happy birthday. Let's say happy birthday to Kara today. 19. For your birthday gift, the Cowboys will relieve the Eagles of their duties to go into the playoffs. I'm praying for a loss for you guys and a win for us, even though we're playing the Redskins. Whoever loses today really pretty much is out. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Come on, Cowboy fans, join in prayer real quick together right now. Hey, man. Tom, James. All right. 2 Samuel chapter 18, I'm going to read from 5 to 10, then we're going to go to 14 and 15. But before we get started, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, say, don't go into the woods. Say, don't go into the woods. Lift your eyebrows when you say it. This is a story about David and his son Absalom, and, and there was odds in the family. Have you ever had like that, that odd in the family where you guys are at odds, you're fighting. How many of you over the holidays had a great holiday, but sometimes holidays can get a little bit crazy with the family? Lift your hand. Yep. You got that psycho sister. You got, everybody's got a crazy uncle, right? Who's got a crazy uncle? Lift your hand. Who's got a crazy aunt that's just, I mean, she is out of her mind, Maybe it's a wayward child, parents. Uh-huh. Maybe your mom and dad are off the rock. I don't know what it may be. But there was, there was a problem in the family of the house of David, King David. And in the story, I'm going to just set the stage, his son Absalom was, was wanting to kind of gain power. And the only way that he could do that and usurp his authority is by whenever King David, and we'll talk about it in a minute, he would give a ruling. Absalom would kind of sit outside the courtroom. People would come out, and he would be the guy that would be like, man, I didn't like that so much, did you? And he'd start to kind of draw them on his side. Have you ever met someone like that? We called him Slick Willie back in my days. <laughs> or Eddie Haskell. Who remembers Eddie Haskell? Uh-huh. But he was very mischievous in this way. He had good about him too, but he was mischievous because just like the enemy, and the enemy impresses us on us because this is what he did, he tried to get him to usurp authority to gain power. Okay? And so in 2 Samuel 18 and 5, it says, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave the captain's charge concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field, someone say the field, against Israel. The battlefield's where you're supposed to fight, right? And the battle, it says, but the battle was in the woods of Ephraim, where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. And there was a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country. And listen to this part, it's my key. And the woods devoured more people that day than the sword did. The woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. And Absalom met the servant of David. And Absalom rode upon a mule. And the mule went under the thick bogs of the great oak. 
in his head caught hold of the oaks. He had this beautiful long Fabio looking hair. And he was taken up. I love this part. The Lord just kind of spoke to me on this. It said when, in other words, he was riding in the woods. So women, if you're riding a horse, put a ponytail in, okay? He was riding in the woods. And as he was riding through the woods, this this low-hanging branch, this oak branch, it caught hold of his beautiful flowing blonde hair. And the Bible says this, that he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. In other words, he was suspended. The horse came out from under him, and he was hanging by his hair in this tree between heaven and earth. I could preach on that all day. It says, And the mule that was under him went away, and a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanging in an oak. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts. This is verse 14. He took three darts in his hand, and he thrust them through the heart of Absalom. Check this out. While he was yet alive, this was a slow death. While he was yet alive in the midst of the oak, it says, In ten young men that bear Joab's armor and passed about him, smote Absalom and slew him. He was hanging in his tree for a long time. It says, All of a sudden, they shot darts into his chest then he sent his men to slaughter him let's pray father have your way in this word have your way in this service lord we thank you for your word we thank you for the truth i pray today lord that as we go deeper lord that you just begin to reveal areas in our life as you shine light on them that we need lord god we need direction we want to end the year strong father god we might not have done everything right this year father But I pray that we do one thing right, and we end it right, and we start it right in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. High five someone else. Say, don't go into the woods. Come on. Amen. Amen. (coughs) The woods are a scary place. How many hunters are in the house? I'm a hunter. Hunter. Now, when I first started out hunting, I don't know, I think I was 14, and and, uh, my brother took me, and I went with a, a group of guys, and I thought, cool, we're just going to go out and we're going to go shoot a deer. Simple as that. Well, there was more to it. I had, I had to get dressed at about 3 a.m. And they sprayed me down with all this scent. You know, maybe they thought I stunk. But they sprayed me down with this stuff so the deer wouldn't smell me. It's like a decenter, okay? Um, and then we had to walk a couple miles into the woods in the dark. And you don't use a regular flashlight. You have to use that red or the green flashlight because the deer can't see those colors. And it's scary when you're 14 and you're walking into the woods. Anybody ever walked in the woods in the dark? You ever get scared? Uh-huh. The woods can be an extremely scary place. There's a lot of noises in the woods. You don't know what's going on around you. But what got my attention in this passage was that the Bible said that 20,000 men were killed that day. But the majority of those men, check this out, they were not even killed on the battlefield. The Bible says that they were consumed by the woods. The Bible said that the woods devoured more men that day than the sword did. Over 10,000 men, whatever you want to call it, half of them, over half of them, died that day. Listen, not because their weapons were not good enough. Not because the armor that they were given was not sufficient. Not because they weren't prepared for war. But they died because, and they were consumed because, listen, they were in the wrong environment. They were in the wrong place trying to fight. They got off the battlefield and they went into the woods. Look at someone and say, don't go into the woods. The woods killed more people than the sword did. And what the enemy could not do on the battlefield, can I tell you that the woods ended up doing? And it wasn't that they were bad soldiers. Look at someone say, you're not a bad soldier. It's that they were just misplaced soldiers. They were consumed because they were in the wrong setting. They were consumed because they were in the wrong place. Have you ever been in the wrong place? And what the enemy couldn't accomplish on the battlefield, because that's your playing field. 
that's going to happen in the woods. How many of you know that it's easy to hide in the woods? You can hide. Anybody ever used to play hide and seek in the woods when you were growing up? And, and I feel like that's, I know the kids nowadays don't know what that means. Hide in what? <laughs> woods? Yeah, that's like all the trees that are put together outside. And there's actually this stuff called dirt on the ground too. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun, right? But you can hide. And, and if we don't watch, I want to get real with this because I, I believe that, you know, we, we pray to God to change things and to open up doors and to make room for us and to give us opportunities. Look, none of that's going to happen until you get yourself right. I don't care how much you ask God to expand your territory or to open up an opportunity and a door for you or to give you more uh, chance in ministry, whatever it may be. God will not do any of that until you get you right. Stop waiting on other people to make you right. Stop waiting on the perfect message to make you right. Stop waiting on mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or husband and wife to, to start acting right or give you the right word for you to be right. Look at someone and say, no more excuses. When you get you right and you face you in the mirror, can I tell you something too? It's not the devil's fault always. The majority of time, it's your fault. It's my fault. We do it to ourselves. The devil will, he, he can't force you to do anything. All he can do is confuse you. He's the author of all confusion, the father of all lies. But you make the choice. Ultimately, when it comes down to it, you have the ability today to make change in your life. You have the ability. And we all know when we're on the battlefield, we can fight. There's room, there's space, there's other people there. But if you get drawn into the woods where you don't belong, it's easy to get consumed. Amen? How many of you know that you don't have to try it always to, to know that it'll hurt you? But we just want to try it, right? You don't always have to taste it to know that it's bitter. You don't always have to get involved in it to know that you don't belong in it. What did curiosity do? Killed the cat, right? Curiosity gets us in so much trouble. Curiosity got King David in trouble. Amen? What has your curiosity done to you? We see something, and I've said it before, it's not the thought that passes through your mind that matters, because you can't control everything you see. You can't control every thought that goes through your mind. It's the thought that stays in your mind that matters. It's the thought that you allow to stay and reside there that matters got to just pass right through and what happens is you begin to get drawn into the woods by the thoughts and your imagination if you allow them to stay Jesus someone say the king he taught us he said this love not the world someone say the woods I'm going to put it that way love not the woods in other words neither the things that are in the woods for if anyone loves the woods, it says the love of the Father, the King, right, is not in him. The woods represent the spirit of this world, the sin, the lust, pooling. But it's easy to hide in the woods. I thought about Paul and how Paul said this. He said, we are not in this world, but we are not of this world. We are in this world, I'm sorry. We are in this world. Tell someone we're in this world, but we're not of this world. See, you're going to be surrounded by every single day of your life. But the Bible says that we're not to think of this world. We're not to think like people that are in the woods. Romans 8, be not conformed to this world. Who knows the rest of that? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're not called to be like the world. We're called to be like the king. The Bible says to come out from among them and to be separate, says the Lord, and then I will receive you and you will be called my people and I will be called your God. In other words, when you get saved, how many saved people are in this house today? 
you will, and listen, you should take offense to the things that assault the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And if you are not offended by those things, then there is a problem with the relationship. If things that used to bother you don't bother you now, it's not that they changed and now they're just okay to do. Come on. It's that somewhere along the way, you have justified them. And you've made it okay to do these things. Someone say standards, amen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What has happened in our life? I'm telling you, I want to end this year good. I want to end this year in the right way because we're walking into a new season. Even though we know it's just another day on the calendar, for us it's a marker. We're going to go into next week, into this next year in 2020 with a new perspective, amen. A new goal. Who's ready for a new season? Amen? I'm, I'm not just talking about out of Christmas into New Year's. I'm talking about a new season in your life. This season is good. There was some good and some bad with it. But I'm ready for the next season of my life. But can I tell you, you will not walk in that season until you get you right. See, we have it backwards. And we say, God, if you'll do all these things, Lord, then we'll change and we'll be ready. God, if you'll, if you'll help me in my finances, Lord, and I can just get on top, Lord God, I'll have more time to read the Bible at home. I'll have more time. I won't have to work as much, or I won't have to do this. That's not the process. That's backwards. When you get you right, and you start talking with God, you start reading your Bible, you start getting into the Word and studying it, that's when things begin to change for you. Why? It's not that the physical things will always change. It's that your perspective of the things you think you need will change. Your perspective, your view of it. The Bible said that little by little, little by little, Absalom began to win the hearts of the people by standing outside the courtroom and whispering in their ears. And the Bible said because of that, he had no honor that civil war broke out and he decided to, to take over the throne and this battle began to happen. He tried to, to, to take his father off of the seat of authority. An army begins to come against David's army, and they met on the battlefield. The Bible said that over 10,000 of them died in the woods that they were fighting in. 10,000 of them dead. Not because their weapons didn't work. Look at someone and say, it's not God's fault. He has equipped you. He has given you his word. Sword of the Spirit, amen. You have the armor of God on your life. It's not because their weapons didn't work. It's not because their armor wasn't powerful. But it's simply because, listen, of their location. It's simply because of their environment that they were in. They were in the wrong environment. You have to be very careful what environment you place yourself in. And, and that doesn't just mean going to a club or going to a party or going somewhere. That doesn't mean that. How many of you know that you, can, you create the atmosphere that you are in with everything you do? In my house, I can create an atmosphere of joy. I can create an atmosphere of worship in my house. Every morning I get up, I put music on. I, I play Christian music through my phone. I got one of these cool little uh, Google mini something home. I don't know. what It's a little round puck. It's about this big. And I can talk to it, and I tell it to play a song I like, and it plays it, okay? Come on, quit laughing at me. No, I'm kidding. It's like Siri. And I think it has another name. I'm not sure, but I got one. It may be Alexa. I don't know. I don't know. I got multiple personalities, I think. It, it doesn't listen to me always, so we're at this feud, okay? It's kind of like Absalom and David. But anyways, I, I have this, and what I do is I'll, I'll say, I say Google. That, that's her name. I say Google. Everyone say Google. I'll say play Maverick City Worship. Music, whatever. That's probably why she don't understand me. <laughs> I say, play Maverick City music. And it'll play it. Chandler Moore, I know that guy. Look it up, great. All of a sudden, the music will start playing. But do you know what I'm doing by doing that? I'm creating an atmosphere in my house of worship. Because the Bible says that he inhabits the praise of his people. And I want him to create a habitat, a place in my house, amen, where he will reside. He's in my life, but I want the Spirit of God just to dwell in my home. And the way that I do that is by setting the, the scene 
for his presence. Amen. That means there are certain things that I should be uncomfortable with being in my house. Look, if you have a house full of anger, I want you to look around your house and see what it may be. I'm not talking about always having like a voodoo doll. In the corner. That's not, it's not that, okay? Although one time I did bring this carving home from Haiti. And it looked cool. It was this big, tall statue that they had carved different people on. And, and I brought it home on the plane. And I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a dark feeling in my house for about a month until we realized, man, maybe there's something wrong with this thing. I kid you not. I took that thing and I threw it in the dumpster. And Crystal started acting way better ever since we did that. <laughs> it was a miracle. <laughs> I'm kidding. But look, you open a door. You open a door for the enemy to come into your house. You open a door for the enemy to come into your life. And what happens is little by little, when you allow the enemy in, that's when the lies start happening. That's when the confusion starts happening. That's when he begins to try to put you against you. Odds against each other. And that began to happen in the household of the king. It happened with a father and a son. What are you allowing in your homes? You want a new year? You want a new start? You want a fresh season in your life? What do you have to get rid of before you start bringing other things in? Because whatever you bring in, and if you still got something poisonous on the inside, whatever you bring in will be poisoned as well. Oh, if you don't believe me, look at relationships that, that have been in divorce and all of a sudden a husband, a new guy comes in, but yet he's getting treated because of the faults of the past guy. Or, or opposite. A woman comes in and, and she's getting treated a certain way because of the hurt or the past that may have happened in the past relationship. And now you are projecting that on the new person because of what they did to you. So now everybody that comes around you, they're bad. Everybody that, that comes around you, they're going to hurt you. Everybody that comes around you is a liar. Right? You have to get to the point to where when Jesus forgave you, you have to do the same thing to others. And you can't cast and project what happened to you in the past from other people onto the new people. You have to be vulnerable again. You'll never be happy. You wonder why you might not have found the right person yet? If you want to find the right person, you have to start becoming the person that you want them to be. Does that make sense? They'll never be who you want them to be until you become who you want them to be. You become that person, that perfect thing in your mind. I'm not saying they're going to be perfect because we were not created to, to meet each other's needs. For my God shall supply all my needs. Amen? Okay, so what happens is you have to become and start acting that part. Show them how to do it. Show them what love is like. Show them a happy person. Show them a relationship that can work. Show them someone who can take the high road. Show them a humble heart. Don't rub it in their face. But until you can be that person, don't ever expect them to be that person. Amen? Same thing with parents. We, we've been down this road and made so many mistakes and, and found ways to do it. I can never expect my children to do something if I'm not doing it myself. Come on, amen? I know you parents, and, and I don't even like to hear that at times. And we can just use the I'm your parent card. And the word because. Because I made you, yep. Because I said so. But parents, there will come a day when this child gets old enough, when they become 18, I am an adult. Who's ever heard that, parents? If you haven't, it's coming. I'm paying for the mistakes of my past at times. I have great children. They, they love the Lord. Amen? But I was able to teach them from the mistakes that I made in my life. And that's what happens from generation to generation. How many of you know that there is no devil in hell that can take you out? I need to say that again. No devil in hell, no enemy, no, nothing can take you out. The battle's already been won. Amen? And as long as you will stand for the king, how many of you know that the king will stand for you? The Bible says, greater is he 
that is what? That is in us than he that is in the woods. Come on. Greater than any temptation. Come on, say that with me. Greater than any temptation. Greater than any pull of the world. Greater than any problem that you will ever face. Greater, greater, greater. Great is he. What are you facing today? What is in your household? What is in your life that you need to get rid of? Is it anger? Is it something that you're holding on to from the past that has happened to you? Or that you did and you can't forgive yourself? It's not that your armor doesn't work. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Tell someone this stuff works, amen? It does. It really works. The armor of God works. It drives back fear. It pushes the enemy back. It pushes sickness back. It pushes pain back in your life. You didn't fall because this stuff didn't work. The Bible says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty, right? Through God, through the king, to the pulling down of what? Of strongholds. What are the weapons? The weapons of prayer. Amen. Prayer is a weapon. We're fasting on the 6th of January. Fasting is a, is a weapon. How many of you know that, that if you have one weapon, it's powerful, but if you have two weapons, you're even more powerful? Amen? So prayer and fasting go so strong together. Not only that, imagine prayer as a weapon, fasting as a weapon, and worship. How about prayer, fasting, worship, and praise as weapons? All in your private time before God, in front of others. This isn't a show. Tell someone, this is who I am. This is who I am. Listen, you either love him on the battlefield, or you're going to get consumed in the woods. Amen? I know so many great men and women of God that have fallen, not because their armor didn't work, but because gradually they were lured into the woods. I like to fish. I like any outdoor sport pretty much. And I found out that when you're fishing, that it really helps to use the right bait, lure. Tremendous difference. I found out that I, there, there's these certain uh, Gary Yakamoto. I don't know if you ever heard of those. These little worms. Really good. But I thought that if you're fishing in dark water, like the lakes, that you would use a light lure so they could see it. I found out that if you're in dark water, you want a dark lure. If you're in light water, you want a light lure. I'm giving you some fishing tips. Now, if you catch fish... Invite me over for a fish fry, okay? I've given you the tip to get this fish, and that's part mine. <coughs> but I found out that it makes a tremendous difference what you use to catch that fish. Certain fish, you can't use the same bait that you would catch a dolphin, not a real dolphin. We're talking about the kind that you can eat. Look them up online. You can't use the same kind of bait that you can on a bass. You've got to use different bait. And see, the enemy knows what will entice you. He knows that there's certain things that you like. He knows what will capture your eye. And what he does is he goes back to your past and he remembers at times in your life that you had been attracted to things or, or certain things were open doors for you. And what does he do? He begins to drop those things in your life the older and the closer you get to God. Because he sees where you're headed towards greatness. Have you ever been there in your life where you've been months and years without falling into that sin, but all of a sudden the wrong person passes in front of you? All of a sudden the wrong conversation just begins to happen. All of a sudden this trial hits your life and you don't turn to God, but you turn back to a bottle or you turn back to medicine or you turn back into depression. Little by little, you find yourself in the woods, lost. You may be here today and you may feel lost. It's easy to get lost in the woods. Hunting one time, I, I had shot this, well, let's just say I did good. <laughs> Save some editing on that. Okay, I did good, and I got down out of the tree stand, and I was with my courageous youth pastor, 
And we begin to follow signs to find out where this trophy was. I'm trying to do my best to put this in easy terms, okay? We're following the signs, following the signs, and you're supposed to put down an arrow in the ground where you've seen the sign last, so when you make a circle around that arrow, you can always know that there's a point of reference so you do not get lost or lose your trail, okay? I'm taking you hunting right now. Got your camo on? And so then you just, you go step by step, and you don't step on the trail, step around it. When you find another one, you put another arrow there, you pick up the other arrow, you keep going until you find, well, what happened was we, we forgot to do that. And the next thing you know, I look up and I said, hey, man, I said, do you see anything else? He says, no. And I look around and I said, let's go back towards our tree stand, we'll come out tomorrow. And he says, you're going the wrong way. I said, no, I'm not, you're going the wrong way. And we look around us and we figured and we found out that we were both going the wrong way. Why? Because if your head's down so long and you're not paying attention, hear me on this, you will lose track of where you are. And when you look up, everything around you will look the same. What do you mean? Oh, try to distinguish God from another person or the voice of God from another person because you've had your head in the sand for too long. Amen? And all of a sudden, you lift your head up and think that you're going to hear the voice of God. It doesn't happen like that. God can speak to you. I know that. But you have to be focused on Him. Keep your eyes on the prize. Paul talked about it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But all of a sudden, you want to look at Him and say, God, fix everything. Here I am. Use me. I'm ready now, God. God said, look, you need to adjust a little bit. Hey, look, you might be saved, but you still have the mentality of Egypt. You might be rescued from that slavery mentality, but you still got the mindset of a slave. You got to get some healing taking place in your life. I'm way off this thing, but this is good, amen? I give you a thumbs up. Here's the thing. You, you got to get to the place where you say, Lord, you've rescued me, but now, Lord, I need your healing in my life. I need a God perspective on this situation. Get me to the place, Lord, where when I look up, I can see where I'm supposed to go. I can distinguish my direction. I can see you, and I know where I'm headed. And all of a sudden, we went in these woods. We were lost until, I think, 1 a.m. We were out from the morning. We had been lost for 10 hours. Finally, I remember running through the woods, and we were running, and all of a sudden, I stepped on a branch, and it was curved. It flipped up like this, and all the leaves came flying at me, and we both screamed as loud as we could, thought there was a ghost coming to get us in the woods, or a bear. We're in deep Michigan. And all of a sudden, we take off, and we see a light. We follow that light to find out that there was a, a little truck pulling up. They, they were putting newspapers. You guys remember those things, too. You read them, right? Left to right, top to bottom. And, and they, she was putting them in mailboxes, and I said, I flagged her down. I said, ma'am, I am lost. My youth pastor got me lost, and <laughs> I said, I, I need to get home. Can I borrow? I didn't even have a cell phone, nothing with me at the time. I said, can I borrow your phone so I can figure out how to get home? She says, yeah. She said, where do you live? I told her my address. She says, you're a block from your house. <laughs> and what I had done is I, because what deer will do when they are uh, wounded, <laughs> they will make a complete circle the majority of times end up back where they started, or they'll find water, okay? So you check the water, or you follow the circle. You get deer, part mine, because I just told you how to get it, right? Okay, so what happened is we had made a complete circle, and we ended up right back where we started. We were never that far off track. Can I tell you, you're not as far away from where you should be as you think you are. What do you mean? You're a prayer away. You may be one praise away from that breakthrough. You, you may be one amen or one shout away from God meeting your need and bringing you to the place to where you fall on your knees and say, God, I know that I need you now. The lure of it. The enemy lured. See, we should get to the place, church, when we see someone that we know that is headed towards the woods, that somebody in this place is brave enough to grab the other end of that rope and begin to pull back on it and say, listen, don't go into the woods. It's dark. It's not what you think. It's dangerous in the woods. There's too much stuff in there that looks enticing and that you think is good, but it's going to consume you and you will be lost. Who's brave enough to do that? 
Who's strong enough that when we see a brother or sister going through something, that we don't judge them? Look, when you judge them, you know what you're doing? You are pushing them deeper and deeper into those woods. Love them. Pull back on that rope. I heard an illustration. I'm getting ready to close. If I can just get the praise team to come up. <laughs> Look at someone and say, don't go into the woods. <laughs> it's kind of a gruesome one today because I'm going to talk about how Eskimos kill wolves, as a matter of fact. Great illustration that I heard. And what would happen is the wolves would come around and either try to take them out or they would try to kill their dogs, their sled dogs. But I found out how the Eskimos take care of this problem. What they would do is they would take one of their knives and they would get a seal that they had already slaughtered for food or for blubber, whatever it is, and they would stab this knife into that dead seal, pulling it out with blood on the blade. They would hold it up in the wind and it would freeze. They would do this repeatedly until they're making kind of like a blood popsicle. It's gross, isn't it? Listen to the story. They would poke it in there, and they'd pull it out, hold it up, and it would freeze in this below zero degrees. Put it in, they'd do it again. And then what they would do is they would take this knife, they would tie it to a stick, and they would stab it into the ground. And these wolves, in their instinct of being able to smell blood from miles away, they would smell that, and they would be attracted to this blade. And when they found the blade that wolf would begin to lick that knife, lick the blood off that knife. And as the blood would begin to melt, the blade would be exposed. And that wolf would slowly cut his tongue. And as he cut his tongue, he would begin to not only drink the blood that was the seals, but he would slowly begin to swallow his own blood, weakening his body, slowly falling over and dying. Is that crazy? Third hunting tip. If you're ever chased by a wolf. <laughs> Here's the thing. Things that we think look attractive and appealing and beautiful in the flesh are not always as beautiful and attractive and appealing in the flesh as we think they are. Oh, but we got to try it to see that it'll hurt us. Just once. You got to venture in. You should be so in tune with the Spirit of God that when a bad conversation's going on, you can respectfully walk away from that conversation. You should understand, women, men, that when there is flirtatious things that are going on, they get real. You should know the limit and the line. You should know what to not cross and when to walk away, right? Because the things that we feel are enticing can sometimes be dangerous. Little by little, you find yourself deep in the woods. Little by little, you didn't think you were going to go this far, but you ended up deep into it. I never thought I would go this deep. I never thought I would go this far. It started with one look from the eyes of David on the rooftop. But it led to multiple things. How many of you know that to a lot of people, sex outside of marriage looks beautiful, but it's dangerous, right? It's dangerous. I've watched so many people that we know disappear into the woods Bible says that half of the people that day died, not on the battlefield, but they died in the woods. Because the woods can disorient you very quickly. What I'm trying to say to you is this. It's a whole lot easier to get into the woods than it is to get out of the woods. Is that true? It's a whole lot easier to get into drugs than it is to get off of drugs. It's a whole lot easier to get into lust than it is to get out of lust because then all of a sudden it becomes this cycle. Oh, it's easy to get into pornography. We all have a, a cell phone. We all have access to the internet. You all have private time when no one is around but you and all of a sudden. Oh, it's easy to 
click a button. But can I tell you that the fangs are dug in deep. There's a constant venom. And it's hard to get away from that. Is this true? So easy to get into it. But it's hard to get out of it. The Bible said, the commentaries that are telling this story talk about how there were bogs and there were quicksand that were in the woods. They began to consume the men. I want you to stand to your feet in this place. Go ahead and just dim the lights down. <coughs> the Bible said that <coughs> the woods, listen to this, it got a hold of Absalom's head. It got a hold of his head, his hair. As he was riding, it got a hold of his head. And I love the part how the author explained this. It says that he was then, as he, as he was hanging from this tree, the Bible says that he was hanging between heaven and earth. Can I tell you, that's exactly where you will be. It's in that lukewarm place, hanging in between heaven and earth. Hanging by your mind, you're questioning, justifying, making excuses, finding ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper into the woods. Deeper. I want everyone in this room, we're going to close our eyes, and I'm, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Because I believe today is the last Sunday of 2019 that we're going to make some declarations, amen, as we walk into this new season of our life. And here's the thing. You're not doing this for you. Look at someone and say, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for those who are around you. You're doing it for the lost. You need to be better not just for you. You need to be better for them. They need you. I need you to be strong. I need you to be strong. I need you to be strong for me, for my children, for my family. I want to be strong for you and your children and your family and for those who come through the door. What, what do we expect if we are never healed as a body, individually even? What's going to happen when visitors come through those doors? We're going to infect them with the wrong thing. Come on. It's going to be this poison of bitterness. That's why a lot of people don't go to church anymore. They're sick of the bitterness in church. They're sick of the gossiping in church. They're sick of the us for and no more mentality. They're sick of the country club type. you got to look like us and dress like us and act like us. I'm done with those days. I will love you for who you are. I don't care what you've been through. That's why the Bible says be all things unto all men. Accept people. You, you may not look like me. You might not act like me. You might not have the same color hair or eyes, whatever it may be. That doesn't matter. You know what's the same about us? There's one thing, and it's the most important thing about us. It's Jesus. He created us the same. And there's times where you may be wandering off into the woods, and my job, because I love you, because the Lord loves me, amen, is I'm going to grab hold of that rope, and I'm going to pull you out as much as I can. We played tug-of-war at our church MVP party. How many of you remember that? Anybody remember it? Some exciting moments there. <laughs> but we played tug-of-war. And... Man, these girls, they tried to go up against me. And they beat me. <laughs> they beat me. But there were more than one. There's about 20. I've seen about 30. Yes, broken arm and flat shoes in the mud. The point being is, I can pull. But if you help me pull, Right? and someone else helps us pull, oh, it'll be easier. In other words, if we all surround them, if we all love on them, if we all speak the same words of God to them, they will be changed. I want you to bow your heads, if you will, right now. Just close your eyes, lift them up to God in the heavens. You may be here today, and you may be hanging in between heaven and earth, in other words. What do you mean? I don't mean that you're a sinner. I don't mean that, that you're so far gone where God can't find you or hear you. But what I'm saying is you may have played the game a little bit too much. You may have fallen into justification. You, you may have, have allowed things to come into your life that you never would have allowed before, and now you're comfortable with these things in these ways. You may be comfortable with conversation that you never would have had when you first came to know God. 
There may be things that you watch or you listen to that you never, ever would have listened to or watched growing up or that you were taught. You might have felt conviction about it at one point, but now you feel nothing. And if that's the case, something is wrong. It's not what anybody did to you. It's what you allowed in. And today we're going to change that in Jesus' name. Say this with me with your hands high. Say, Lord, say, get me out of the woods. Come on, say it to him loud. Say, get my mind out of the woods. Get my thoughts out of the woods. Any area of compromise, get me out, Father, in Jesus' name. I know I got a dream. I know you have a destiny for my life. But I can't get it where I'm at right now. Get me out of bad relationships, Lord, that I'm not supposed to be in. I want to be done with the ways of the world. Break off the spirit of the woods. In Jesus' name, remove it from my mind. In Jesus' name, I want to be holy. I want to know you, Lord. I didn't come to church to play. Lord, change me. Change my life. Transform me into your image. In Jesus' name. Amen. With every head bowed still and every eye closed in this room. I want to call our prayer team up. If you're part of the prayer team and you're okay with coming up, unless it's you and you may need some prayer today, it's okay. Leaders, we need that too. I want you just to come to this altar. Let's come right up front here, spread across the front. We're going to get out of here in a minute. I know you got Christmas leftovers to eat. It's all right. You've been eating it for three days. They probably have mold on them anyways. I want you to open your eyes. I want you to look up here. You know what this is? This is a group of believers that love you and care about you. You can go to any one of these people, and you can share your heart with them, and they will share their heart with you, and they will pray with you. They will cry with you. They will crawl with you if that's what you need. They love you. We have a, a bunch of other people in this church the same way. But here's what I want today. I want you to know that you have brothers and sisters, and they are here today. They're going to be pulling together. We get prayer chains that go along, and you, you share a prayer with them. Everything's private and confidential. I need prayer every day. I confide in some of these people sometimes just to say, listen, I'm going through this. Pray for me. Help me pull because I'm struggling. I'm tired. I can't do this by myself. Will you pray with me? Amen? One can send 1,000 a flight. Two can send 10,000 a flight is what the Bible says. So I want to take a minute before we leave. And if you are here today, and there is an area of your life, maybe not that you're failing in or that you've fallen in, but an area that you need someone else to help you pull. And I hope that you are not too prideful to think that you can do this by yourself. Can I tell you one of the ways that I have gotten out of the woods before? I've got lost more than once, James. But what had helped me at one point I remember getting lost another time with the same youth pastor. Dirty trick a second time he played on me. And I'm out, I'm just lost. I, was, I couldn't even find my tree stand to start with. I went out in the dark, got lost, couldn't find it, and I wandered around and I just sat down by a tree because the light was coming up. But here's how I found my way out. About noon, when we got up to leave, I did this. Hey, Steve! He said, What? And you know what I did to find my way back? I followed his voice. I followed the sound of his voice. I couldn't see him. Someone needs this today. I couldn't see where God was. I couldn't see the answer to my situation. But I heard the voice of the Lord and I followed the voice of the Lord. And you may be here today and all you can see is the trouble around you. All you can see is a pile of debt and bills. All you can see is a dead-end job. All you can see is a house full of argument and a home full of nothing but disarray. But can I tell you, if you call out to the Father, He will call back to you. Amen. And all you got to do is follow that voice until you can see where you need to be. And if you're in this room today and you need someone to help you pull, I want you to step out of your seat and just find one of these people. Let them talk to you. Come on. Today, we, there's, I don't care what it is. Maybe you're trying to make a business decision and you need someone to pull with you. Amen. 
Maybe you're here today and, and you've have, you don't have to tell them all the details unless you want to. It's, it's confidential. It's private. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling in a relationship. You don't have to say the depth of what it is. You just need to say, listen, I'm struggling. I'm having a problem with the relationship and I need prayer today. I need God's guidance. I need his words. Maybe you're here today and you're just feeling discouraged and you're feeling overwhelmed. There are people that love you. We want to join hands with you today. We want to let you know that you are not alone. The God that is in us is the same God that's in you. He's the same God that raised Jesus from the dead and Lazarus from the dead. And he could bring anything to life that is dormant or asleep or dead in your life today. Come on, anyone in the room? You're struggling. You need some help pulling. You need some guidance. Maybe you're just trying to find new vision for your life. Maybe you're trying to find the next step. The next stage. I need purpose. I need something. Lord, give me a vision. Give me an image, Lord. Show me the next step of my life. Anybody else here today? Amen. Here's the thing. We're going to leave this altar open. And if you need direction or you need someone to join with you today in prayer, just make your way down and we will take an opportunity and pray with you. Because I want you to know you are not alone today. I don't care how far you think you are in the woods you're probably not as far as you think you are. Amen? Can we just pray together as a church, as those that are up here are praying? Feel free to come up at any time. I want you to join with me, those who are out in the congregation, those, if you're watching this one day on the internet, just, just reach towards the screen. It's coming to agreement with us right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, church, let's pray like we know what we're doing. It's one of your weapons, amen, is your prayer life and your praise. And the Bible says, out of your mouth will flow rivers of living water. There's the power of life and death in your tongue. So, God, we use that today, this weapon of praise, Lord God. We speak the word over our life in Jesus' name. We speak life into our situations right now, Lord. I speak healing, Father God, for you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. Your word says, in the chastisement of our peace is upon you. And by your stripes, we are healed today, Lord God, mentally, emotionally, physically. We receive that healing. We claim it over our lives right now. We claim it over our relationships in Jesus' name. We speak it over our finances. Lord, we know, Lord, you might not drop a gold dust from the heavens, God. But Lord, we know that you will give us the ideas, Lord. You will give us the knowledge and understanding, Lord, of how to make this thing happen. We thank you today, Lord God. You are a way maker. You're a miracle worker, Lord God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Just begin to sing that song. We're going to pray today. Come on. Just begin to reach the heavens for a minute. For some of you, that's what it is you've justified. You've justified your prayer life. You used to pray hard. You used to not care who was around you. You used to lift your voice in the house of God and lift your hands and not be ashamed of who He is because you could touch heaven. But you're in that in-between stage right now and it needs to break before that next season happens. Come on, just lift your voice, church. Just begin to speak to Him, church. Sing this with us as we go.
sing it again. Sing love of God. Love me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you today, Lord God. We thank you for direction. If you're in the house still and you need prayer, I want you to make your way down here. This is an opportunity for you to join hands together with someone who believes, who can touch heaven with you in Jesus' name. Anybody else in the house before we leave? Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord God. I'm going to pray. They can continue to pray up here, and if you need prayer after service even, they're going to remain up here. But I want to come into agreement with you before we leave this place. And for some of you, I won't see you until next year. But I want you to know that you have a group of people that love you. Amen. You have a group of people that are praying for you even when you feel alone. You have people that you can call upon, and they will be there when you need them. Amen. It doesn't matter the distance. Amen. We have Wes and Aaron here today. Started L3. Amen. They were here with the group that started it. We're blessed to have them ministering in Arkansas, Alabama. Alabama. It's all the same down there, right? I grew up down there too, right? Alabama. I heard, I heard it once. They say, what do you get when you get 32 people from Alabama in the same room? You get a full set of teeth, right? No, I'm kidding. It was on Texas is where I heard it over. But here's the thing. We're at a distance, right? Physically. But how many of you know that in the spirit, we're close? Why? Because we have the same Father. We have the same God that we pray to, that we speak to, that loves us the same. And we can come into agreement miles and miles away and believe that anything can be done in the name of Jesus. Amen. So people can be praying for you, for you across the country, across the world, wherever they may be. You may have lost children, and you don't even know where they're at today, but God knows where they are, and the Holy Spirit can reach them. Let's pray together as we're leaving, come into agreement, and we're going to be dismissed. I pray that you have a great new year, that you start the year off right. The only way you're going to start the year off right is if you end all the things that were wrong right now. Get rid of them. You may have to sit down with your spouse and your children and say, these things are no more. We don't need to do this anymore. It's been causing problems. You may have to go through your house and take a spiritual inventory of things that should not be in there. Amen? Let's do this thing right. Let's start strong. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, just pray with me. In the name of Jesus, we thank you today, Lord God, for what you're doing and what you've done. I pray, Lord, that if there's any hidden area of our life, Lord, areas that we have just lost sight of, anything, Lord, that is covered up, Lord God, anything that we can't see because of the woods around us, Lord God, I pray that you reveal it. We call upon you, Lord God, for help, and we pray that you speak back to us and we follow that voice today. I pray, Lord, that we begin to get our priorities right, that we end this year the right way. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we recognize that, Lord God. We acknowledge that today, that we are no longer comfortable with the things that we are doing, Lord God, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I want you to do this, and this is, a, this is an important thing to do. It's dangerous, though, because it's going to happen. I want you to pray that the conviction of the Holy Spirit will fall on your life. Can you do that? For, for the things that you know that should not be there, or you shouldn't be doing, pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to convict you again of them things. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you begin to convict us, Holy Spirit. Show us again, Lord God. We, we've got lost, Father. We've lost sight of it, Lord. I pray today that you, we know you love us, Lord God, but, Lord, we head towards that, and the closer we get, the stronger the conviction, Lord, and we get rid of things in Jesus' name.